Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about firing a client with the help of special guest Jackie Stezik of Multi-Trade Building Services in Oshawa, Ontario. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, I am Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. If you've been in remodeling very long, there has to have been a time when you've said, boy, we gotta do something about this client. And you might've even said, we gotta fire this client. Usually it's a bad experience, loss of money, unresolved conflicts, uh, many different things will lead us down that road. But then at least my experience is almost everybody goes, but we can't do that. We have a contract. And so, Perhaps the contract has to be reworked. Maybe it. Maybe there's some different language that you put in there. But even then, would we even have the guts to do such a thing? And and I don't know if I would, to be honest with you. So I'm just sitting here sweating already, just thinking about it. So anyway, recently I was in a conversation with uh, an individual up in the Toronto area, Jackie Stasek, and. And we were talking about company meetings. And of course, to get the conversation started, I had to say like, how are you doing today? And she goes, I'm doing well, I just fired a client. And I went like, oh my goodness. And the crazy thing about it was she sounded so casual about it. It sounded like this is something that they have in their repertoire to be able to deal with some of these difficult situations. It was almost as if she said, yeah, I went to the store today and picked up some clothes. So right there, I said to her, I got to have you on the podcast. This is something that I've never heard anybody talk about, and I want to be the first. So please understand, and this is my legal disclaimer here for the show, that things may be different in Canadian law, and I'm not advocating that you run out uh, under your current contracts and just fire all your clients. But I couldn't resist having the conversation. So, uh, you know, even if it turns out that U.S. law won't let us do this, maybe we can live vicariously through our Canadian neighbors. Steve, you ever had a situation where you were tempted to do this or you thought this was a great idea? Well, I, I was tempted many times and I, you know, it would go through my mind. I'd be in the middle of a project and, you know, having hundreds of great clients, um, you know, it was always a thought of what if, you know, things start to bottleneck and you go, wow, this is starting to really derail. Um, you know, if we can't get this, the, the ship uh, righted here, what, what are we going to do? And I, you know, there was always sort of an imbalance of money paid, uh, money owed, mm-hmm. materials purchased. You know, so it was always this, how would you even start to do this? And then the legalities involved. I mean, there's so many things involved. You're thinking about um, loss of money, loss of reputation, any legal ramifications. So this is an incredible subject that I'm really excited to talk about. And how about you? You know what? I think as far as I ever got was kind of like 
where can we send these people on vacation till we get done? That was <laughs> kind of about as far as I ever got. And of course I tried to work everything out, but, um, you know, just looking back on it, maybe it would have been good to know this about 30 years ago. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, let's get started here. With a master's degree in administration and policy and having her own business since she was 15, it was a natural progression for Jackie to start and run multi-trade building services. With her 15 years in the renovation business and hundreds of completed projects, she has worked with countless numbers of incredible clients, but she has also discovered times when certain actions of the client have led her to have to terminate this relationship. She is here today to share this experience with us. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Thanks very much, Steve and Tim. I uh, am very grateful for the opportunity to be able to discuss this all with you today. Well, thank you for being here. So, you know, it's almost like I don't even know what questions to ask. So let's just kind of jump into this and maybe just give us a little bit of rundown of um, maybe one of the times or a couple of times that you have actually done this. What happened and 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 how did it all come down? Well, essentially, we've done this um, a total of four times in the 27 years we've been in business. And each time was usually brought about because the mental emotional strain on both us and our employees far outweighed any financial benefit we were going to get from remaining on the job. And um, one, one time in particular, the client was very physically abusive. They were always um, very high on a particular illegal substance and became oh, wow. very physically abusive with us on the job site. And there was no question about it. We were walking away, calling the police, and that was done. Wow. In, um, in a couple of other instances, the client was mentally abusive, um, a very controlling type of person who was disrespectful to us, rude, mean, belligerent, uh, questioning every little thing we did, even though she had very little knowledge. And again, it was getting to a point where many of our employees refused to even work for her or go on the job site. So it became a question of mentally, it was causing a lot of strain. Everyone was becoming extremely angry. Other jobs weren't going well because the backfall from that job was spilling over into others. And and clearly obvious we needed to get off of the job site. Um, In another instance, we actually had completed the job. We we truly believe the client was suffering from early stages of dementia, possibly. Mm. But um, it it was an instance where she wanted one particular employee of ours to do all of the carpentry and trim work for her. And he was dealing with a, a personal matter, a sickness with his son, and was unavailable for a good solid four months. But she still wow. insisted on waiting for him, despite us having 300 carpenters in, in the team. Right. And unfortunately, then, when we presented her with a final invoice, she again just said, well, this dragged on for so long because ex-employee wasn't available and I want a $3,000 discount. And uh, it was at that point, it, 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 it were many, many other instances, but again, we decided to cancel the contract at that point because we knew that this was just going to go on forever with deficiency requests for things that weren't even our problem. She had um, other contractors coming in there to do flooring for her and they damaged the walls. And then she insisted that we come in and do the repairs on the walls at no cost. Right. So, you know, those are some of the instances where we've um, we've essentially had to cancel the contract and we've never looked back and regretted it. We've never felt bad about it. We actually felt fabulous 
There was an instance this past July where this very mean and, and abusive client um, that was very disrespectful and such with us, after we canceled the contract, I threw a barbecue and invited all the employees and had beer and hamburgers and hot dogs and sausages. <laughs> and I just needed to let them know what we had done and yeah. to make sure that the positive energy that always flows through our team was going to return. And it was the best thing I ever did. Okay, so now... I'm just sitting here thinking about it and I'm thinking like, and I've talked with so many contractors who have very similar situations, but they almost always revert to maybe it's my fault. In other words, they're, they're thinking about how difficult this client is and how they're uh, getting all, getting all this stress. And then they go, but our pre-construction meeting wasn't very good or but if maybe if I had done a better job, how do you, how, I mean, I guess I'm wondering from your vantage point, what are some of the things that maybe you thought about that you said we shouldn't do this? And then how did you get around to just being able to say so boldly, you know, this is their problem, not mine? Well, actually, in almost every instance, it wasn't something that we took lightly. Okay. It wasn't something that we very quickly said, oh, that's a pain in the butt client, so we're going to fire them. This is not at all something we take lightly. And believe me, those those head games, um, I think you use the term head trash with me. Right. I love that term because, <laughs> yes, we've gone through that so many times. We're, we're tortured I mean, we always say, oh, we're so close to completion. And what's the negative impact on the company? And what is she going to say to others? And, and what, what kind of negative publicity are we going to get? Well, let's face it. If it has already come to the point that we're even considering firing the client, nothing good is going to come out of it anyway. It's not like that client is going to go and rave about you if, if it's truly <laughs> at some point that you're thinking of firing them. Yeah. So there really isn't going to be a negative in, impact any more than there already is at that point. However, what always ends up taking us to the point of, yes, we absolutely need to do this, is we will sit there and say, wow, look at how much time we've wasted talking about the problems on this job site. Look at how negatively the guys feel about going to work every morning. Look at how they're angry, they're vengeful, they're not happy any longer, and consequently, they're not producing their best work. This one client that we fired this, this past summer, that's what we were finding is that we were the guys were constantly making mistakes on the job site because they were on pins and needles around this client right. and being there every day. So at the end of the day, we always say that it, it's got to be in the best interest of the company and the employees because our single biggest asset is their employees. And if they're not happy, if they don't want to go to the job site, if they're being abused, they always have to come first. And there's never been a time where we haven't walked away, walked into the next job and been twice as, as good. Because absolutely, are, are, is some of it our fault? All of it's our fault. We have to assume all the responsibility because maybe we should have um, talked to the client a little bit more before we even signed a contract to, to find out a bit more of their personality and how things were going to go. When right. things first started going badly, maybe we should have had more sit-downs with them. So we look at every time we've ever fired a client, which, as I say, has only been four times in 27 years, mm -hmm. and we say, what could have happened differently to prevent this? And sometimes there's nothing other than not signing that contract in the first place. <laughs> right. But many times there's other things we could have done sooner 
to prevent it. So we always look at it that it's never a mistake. It's always, as long as you learn something from it, it's never a mistake. And, and we do that. We do a lot of uh, forensics on it after we fire a client and try and, and as a team, sit down and say, what could have happened differently? What could we have done to prevent this? Because so if we, a company, if a company is listening to this and they go, wow, th- th- this is really cool. And they look, and I'm sure they're going to be thinking back, uh, oh, the Fowlers. We should have done that to the Fowlers. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, not, that, uh, not that I'm that difficult to work with. But, um, but they're thinking these things. So what, what advice maybe or what one key or what key do you think there would be for someone to actually set their company up so that this can be done successfully? What do you think it would be that they could do? Well, definitely it's critical to have a clause in your contract that stipulates that either party has a right to cancel a contract because I'm sure that most renovating companies have experience being fired by a client. Well, we, you also need to have it in your contract that you also have a right to end the contract. And we do have that. It's three or four sentences uh, near the end of our contract. And we go over that with the client before we sign it. We actually read it out loud to them so that they are aware that either party has the right to sign. I also strongly encourage every renovation company to have a lawyer, not so much on retainer, but have a lawyer that they're comfortable with that isn't going to charge them a fortune that they can turn to. We have a wonderful lawyer here in Oshawa that whenever we have a client like this, he's available to talk to over the phone. And there's been many times he doesn't even charge me and says, look, just send her an email. You don't even need to pay me to do anything. Just do this and this and this. And he advises me accordingly so that we stay within the letter of the law. Now, I I don't know what um, you guys have in the States, but in Canada, my contract is modeled after the CMHC contract, which is Canada Mortgage and Housing. And if you go onto their website, they actually have sample contracts there that they encourage renovators to use which protects both the renovator and the homeowner. And that's what we've modeled our contract over. Okay. So I asked Jackie to give us a copy of what the clause that's in their contract. And she actually sent me the letter that they sent to a client recently. And I've changed the name to to my name, but I'd like to read this just so everybody kind of gets an idea of what this is about. So it says, hi, Tim. After much discussion, we have decided to exercise our right to cancel the contract with you. This is in accordance with the last paragraph in the contract stating the following. Multi-trade building services or the client may cancel the contract on written notice mailed to or delivered to the address of the other party shown in this contract. Multi-trade building services liability to the client shall be limited to the refund of any monies paid to the client by multi-trade building services, less any costs include incurred by multi-trade building services as previously agreed to. The client will pay multi-trade building services any amount outstanding up to and including the time of cancellation. This is not a decision we take lightly, but we feel this business relationship is no longer a good match. A different company may be better fit for you and your specific needs. There is still over $6,000 owed by you according to the terms of the contract. However, we will consider your account paid in full at this time to ensure that you have more than sufficient funds available to hire others to correct any deficiencies you deem to exist now or in the future. 
And then there's a couple of other sentences. But I think that may illustrate to the listeners a little bit about the contract language and and then basically the letter that's associated with that. So that's, that's pretty cool to me, Steve. So, well, first, I want to make note that my palms are sweating. But um, (laughs) so, Jackie, when you work through a project, obviously you don't uh, prepare for something like this to go wrong. But what type of documentation do you use for your lead carpenters or whoever's working on the project? Just so you know that, you know, if there was litigation that, that you're covered along the way. Well, the guys on our team are not necessarily told about things like this. Um, They do know that we have the right to cancel a contract, but we don't put that thought into their head right from the beginning. We, um, I think, honestly, it would put the fear of God into them. (laughs) And uh, because, of course, it affects them. They suddenly don't have a a job there. So um, we're very careful about that. But they are given a tremendous amount of information before we go into a job. They're all given copies of the contract so that they do know what's expected of them, what the scope of the work is. They're given um, very detailed letters. We go and sit down with the client before we start a job and have many questions we ask them. Simple things like where can the guys park their car? Where can their lay down area be? Where can we do cuts for lumber, for tile? things like that. So we, we try and mitigate any potential problems like a client screaming because they did cuts of lumber on their brand new carpet in their living room by meeting with clients and giving the guys information like that. They're even given, uh, for example, on a kitchen renovation, we give them a complete layout and floor plan of the new kitchen. We explicitly put on that floor plan where the receptacles are right down to it's 16 inches from this wall and 22 inches from this wall. So we go through a, a lot of detail. And um, hopefully that helps mitigate problems. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if a client is abusive um, on, you know, uh, March 1st and then by April 1st, you've decided it's time to cut ties just to have all of that, um, you know, say on this date, this happened. Do you have them filling out kind of daily journals or, or sheets that, you know, document exactly what happened when? Yes, we do, actually. We use um, an app on the phone called T-Sheets, and we use it for scheduling as well as uh, clocking in. And most importantly, it is there's a section in there for notes, and the guys have to put notes in every single day that stipulates what happened on the job site, what they accomplished, and what their plans are for the next day. So if there are any issues on site, then those are documented right into T-Sheets, which is a permanent record on my computer, and they also usually make a phone call to me and I just take written notes and put it into the customer's file as well. So I guess um, just getting right down to brass tacks, I think you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier in one of your comments, but I want to zero in on it just a little bit. How do you actually make this decision? Is there a meeting between you and someone else or you sitting in your office and you just throw your hands up in the air and you say, I'm just tired of this. Let's fire this client. What, what, what actually physically happens for you to come to this decision? Well, it it really depends on the situation. Um, Usually my partner and I in the business, we sit down and we've had many, many talks about this and I'm, I tend to be the more forceful, assertive one in the company. So okay. it's typically, okay, we're doing this. We're not talking about this anymore. We're just doing this. 
And um, I usually still sleep on it because in the heat of the moment, frequently you can make decisions that maybe the next morning you might have felt very differently about. Right. But it has to have gotten pretty bad for us to consider canceling a contract at the end of the day. Right. And um, we always make sure that we have talked about it. We've explored other options. And then when we don't feel that it's going to be any different, no matter what we do, that's when we make the decision to end the contract. As I said, we don't take it lightly, but we do try and explore every other option imaginable. I'm interestingly, this morning I had a conversation with a client. Her husband apparently is on medication for a condition and he flies off the handle a lot. <laughs> and we've only been on this job two weeks and he's been quite verbally abusive with us three times. And this morning, my one of my employees walked off the job site in tears because he was so physically, or sorry, uh, verbally abusive with him. Right. And we, I, I flew off the handle and I said, that's it, we're firing it, we're walking on the job. <laughs> and then I calmed down, had my cup of coffee and felt better. <laughs> but, uh, at the end of the day, yes, very often you can fly off the handle and, and it's not the right decision to make. Instead, after thinking about it clearly for five or 10 minutes, I actually phoned the wife who we have no issue with, found out from her what some of his issues are and actually offered a compromise and said, well, if he is one of these need to know clients, then I will tell my guys to go in there and explain everything to him, how they're doing it. He's one of these, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. And he thinks right. he knows how to do renovations. And uh, this morning he very promptly told one of my employees that, well, I could have done a better job than that. And uh, he used a few more expl ex expletives than what I just did. <laughs> uh, uh, enough to get my employee into tears. <laughs> but, right, right. So we, we think we have formed a compromise. We're certainly trying by the next time we go on to that job site, which will be tomorrow, we're going to very explicitly tell the client every uh -huh. step of what we're doing and explain things to them. But if this happens again, there won't be any further discussion. We will be ending the contract, and I've made the client aware of that. Wow, it sounds like maybe we ought to have in our in our initial sales presentation is the question that says, is anybody in your family on medication? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Maybe I should add that to all the questions I ask. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like uh, there's some serious mental problems that are associated. And I'm sure there are on jobs that we've experienced as well. So um, just as we start winding it up here, I I'd like to end on a, I believe it will be a real positive note, but what's the impact on your team morale you said you threw a, a barbecue uh for one of these events what what happens to your team when they see you as the owner or manager of the company really taking a stand on their behalf i think the biggest impact is as, as a, a, a business owner you gain respect from your employees there's a little saying that I've learned to live by, and it, it goes, a great leader sacrifices money to save the people. A poor leader sacrifices people to save money. And I've kind of learned to run the business that way because there is absolutely never an instance where I will stay on a job so that I can collect that extra $10,000 if it's going to sacrifice the well-being of the employees. And whenever we've told them we've canceled this person's contract and you no longer have to go on the job site, you can see it in their faces. You can see how much lighter they feel, how much better their work is the next day and the day after and the day after that, the lightness in their step and the happiness that returns to them. 
And we have gained a tremendous amount of respect from our employees, recognizing that we're willing to walk away from a bad situation. Now, that being said, we're also in a very fortunate position that we've been in business 27 years. We get a lot of referrals. We get a lot of repeat business. And we're booked up anywhere from three to six months in advance. So the guys know that if we cancel this contract, there's another job to go to. I don't think they'd feel that way if we didn't have another job. (laughs) I think all of us, including myself, would would be willing to put up with anything just to keep the money rolling in. So we are in that fortunate position. and, uh, And that certainly helps restore a tremendous amount of morale to the guys. So let me just make sure I got this quote right, because this is going to show up somewhere in my world outside of this podcast. A great leader sacrifices money to save people. A poor leader sacrifices people to save money. Did I get that right? That's exactly right. Oh, that is so cool. Jackie, I just want to, I really want to thank you for being on this uh, podcast with us. This has been such great information and, um, I'm so glad we had that conversation about company meetings just so we could talk about this. Well, and we're having one of those company meetings this afternoon. And just so you know, I did implement a lot of the ideas you gave me that day. So I'm extremely grateful for you and Remodeler's Advantage as well. Thank you. Well, Jackie, we wish you continued success and we look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Thanks very much, Tim and Steve. It's been a pleasure being here. And uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Take care. Thanks. Okay, so Tim, this was a fantastic show. Uh, learned a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, there are many times where uh, you have a difficult client and, you know, going into someone's home where there's any type of tension is extremely difficult. And Jackie really pointed to, you know, her, um, you know, love and, and wanting to be on the side of her employees being the backbone of kind of making these decisions. Well, this is a huge thing, and, and it was great to hear her response to the idea about uh, how the morale change, because I think a big deal in companies is employees respecting the owners as people who are watching out for them. Yeah. And I think that's a, a huge part of what they're doing there. Yeah. And, you know, um, anytime there's – it really – like I said, you're going to have difficult clients. You're going to have picky clients. That's a part of the job and in the design build model many times you can vet and and discover this so sure. you know yeah one, one of the one of the things that i was thinking about too was i do know that people have walked away from contracts in other words they were owed three thousand dollars at the end and they said it's just not worth trying to yeah. collect it we're we're done but the legality of this is huge to me they actually send the letter yeah. It quotes their contract language and it's a it's a final spot. And so it's a legal termination as opposed to we just walked away and left a little money on the table, which always leaves it a little bit open. And yeah. that, I thought that was another fantastic thing about this is it wasn't just walking away. It was a legal termination of that contract. Yeah. And once again, I think it's important to note we you know, maybe we'll have someone else uh, on to kind of uh, give us some feedback on how it's handled in the States, but right. um, to figure all that out. But once again, we would like to thank Jackie Stezik for joining us today. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. 
This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.